Could the Mariners and White Sox be teaming up for a trade that would send former Rookie of the Year candidate Eloy Jimenez to Seattle? Also, Kent Maeda just signed with the Detroit Tigers. What does his deal mean for the Seattle Mariners and their hopes of signing Blake Snell? And does it set the precedent for what pitchers are looking at this offseason? Welcome to episode 38 of the Hit It Here podcast presented by Believe. I'm here with Joe. Joe, how are you? I am great. We just finished up like an hour and 20 minute live stream just chatting with you guys. So thank you to you guys. If you guys were there, it was a lot of fun. But I'm just, you know, excited to dig in to what some of these packages could look like. And the Kenta Maeda contract is very interesting. But before we get there, a quick word from our sponsor, Bet Online. The holiday season is off and rolling with NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL hitting mid-season form. Bet online, it's your number one destination for all sports wagering info. Live updated predictions, odds, you can place parlays, you can play money lines. There's so many different ways to bet on Bet Online. They've got up to minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Bet online, it's it's the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. They've got so many different options for you guys to bet on, whether you like betting on, like I said, the main four, the NFL, NBA, NHL, even stuff with MLB with free agents, or if you wanted to dip your toes into the MMA or even international soccer, BetOnline has you covered. And remember to head to BetOnline today and to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit, Bet online, where the game starts. But like Colton said, before we get to Kenta Maeda, we've got to talk about Eloy Jimenez. We know that the Mariners need to add bats this offseason, and trading Gino Suarez, I think, opens up that avenue even more so than what we pre- previously already thought. And Eloy, you know, is a guy that can be intriguing, and... The White Sox, they're just blowing it up. Chris Getz has mentioned that they're willing to trade anybody. And Trade Rumors was trying to figure out some potential fits in a trade with Eloy Jimenez. And the Mariners are listed as one of the best fits of of the teams, you know? There's the Diamondbacks, the Mariners, and the Marlins. As far as the Mariners go, we know we need a corner outfield spot to help with. And Eloy, although we probably don't want him out there, and we'll get to it in a second, He'd likely be our DH, which has been a problem that the Mariners have had for a long time. Colton, what about Eloy makes sense for the Mariners? I think that he's been consistent throughout his career. He's been a consistent hitter. Um, He does have light tower power if you need it out of him, although I don't know how well that would translate to somewhere like T-Mobile Park. He stays up the middle quite a bit with his approach, which is good for the Seattle Mariners. I think focusing more on up the middle and opposite field is going to, for at least for a DH in Seattle, a right-handed DH. Makes a lot of sense uh, for the team. He is only with one year left of club control. It's also his birthday today. Happy birthday. So ha- happy birthday, Eloy. Yeah. Our boy, Rip Eloy. Um, the problem with Eloy Jimenez is he can't stay healthy. He has played in 120 games twice in his career, in his five years in the bigs. Otherwise, he's played in under 100 every single year. Obviously, one of those years being the COVID year. But with that being said, he's injured a lot. And even when... He doesn't play in the field. He still somehow finds a way to get hurt. I mean, last year in 2023, he played in, a, what what was it, 14 games in the outfield? Yeah. And he, he ended up only playing in 120 games overall. So, But Eloy, a guy who his offensive approach, I think, fits well with the Seattle Mariners. He's not a guy that you're going to throw up necessarily in, like, the cleanup spot in your lineup. But maybe in, like, the five or six hole, I think, makes sense for Eloy. Uh, he's only posted a... OPS plus below 100 once in his career, and that was at 99. So 
You know, he's gonna he throws up an average strikeout rate compared to the rest of the league. I think Eloy is a good choice for the Mariners. It's the package that I don't think makes sense. So there's a couple things to note about Eloy. Last year, a 104 OPS plus, like you mentioned, those 120 games, a 272, 317, 441, 758 slash across the board there. He had 18 home runs and drove in 64 RBIs for a pretty terrible White Sox team. I think surrounding him with a bit better players around him could benefit Eloy in the long run. And you mentioned he was not, uh, he, he'll be a free agent in 2024 or at the end of 2024 there's actually club options within his contract. Oh. So next year he's going to be getting paid $13 million is his contract. Club option in 2025 in his age 28 season for 16 and a half million and then 18 and a half in 2026. So you could theoretically if he's a 120 to 130 OPS plus guy, he could be, you know, what Teoscar Hernandez could have been if say we gave him the qualifying offer this season. And then maybe if they offered him an extension, what it could have looked like having Teo on this roster continuously, but you get it from the White Sox and Eli Jimenez, whether or not the Mariners would pick up on that club option. It's tough to say right now, obviously we're still in the very preliminary talks of what this could look like. Cause we haven't even mentioned guys going back to the White Sox in this trade. If we were to go down trade rumors highlighted Taylor Trammell for some weird reason, which I don't really know if makes a lot of sense from the White Sox point of view. I think they'd try and get value elsewhere. And Colton, this is definitely not the Miller or Wu conversation, but would you trade Emerson Hancock one for one for Eloy Jimenez? I would personally, although I think the White Sox might want a little more than just Hancock. I might be willing to throw in I mean, at that point, if you're willing to do Taylor Trammell and Emerson Hancock, sure. Yeah. I don't, like, Taylor Trammell by himself does not get this deal done in any way, shape, or form. But if you were to throw in Emerson Hancock and then a lottery ticket guy like Trammell who maybe just needs his, you know, 140 games yeah. to just give it a shot out there, then sure. I think that the White Sox would be a good fit for Trammell to finally see, you know, who he is as a player. Is he an everyday guy? Yeah. And then Emerson Hancock gives them some upside in that rotation that they don't necessarily have right now after trading 95% of it. And I think that while well, Emerson Hancock's not going to be their ace, he could fit into that rotation as a good 3-4 guy for the next 5-6 years. So that trade makes sense. The trades that were from the other teams, I think, make more sense for the yeah. White Sox, but nonetheless. I think a lot of the value could come with the starting pitching for us. The other teams, like the Diamondbacks mentioned, young outfielders. So it would be just kind of replacing Eloy in that way, giving them more outfield flexibility. For the Marlins, who's talking about a lot of their young infielders potentially seeing going the opposite way, but they've got Colson Montgomery waiting in the wings. So I don't know what package I think the White Sox would be more interested in. They did get Mike Soroka and Jared Schuster from the Braves. So they've got some pitching to kind of potentially fill in, but they still have plenty of open spots you know it's not they're giving mike soroka and jared schuster starts automatically it could be a competition and i think emerson hancock could be a good fit for them especially since he's young controllable if they end up trading dylan cease and completely blowing it up then even more room there but i agree i think emerson hancock one for one for eloy might actually get it done your least favorite website on planet earth mlb trade values only has eloy at like a 2.6 value emerson hancock's at a four so that's an overpay. But of course, that website does not necessarily translate overly well all the time. So I think there's definitely nuance to using that site and using kind of 
I don't want to say the eye test, but just like baseball IQ. Would like Eloy for Emerson Hancock make sense one-to-one between the Mariners and the White Sox? I think yes, but I also don't disagree with you that the White Sox might want a little bit more because we've seen potential from Eloy of him being a 140 OPS plus guy, but that was in limited action because he does have an injury history. So filling it with a Taylor Trammell, maybe even going as high as like a Cade Marlowe. Like Emerson Hancock, Cade Marlowe, that's pretty high, I think, for Eloy. But if they're willing to do that, the Mariners are, to go get Eloy to be your everyday DH, I think that's probably more valuable than what you could have gotten out of Cade Marlowe and Emerson Hancock in 2024 anyways. And I know, you know, Cade kind of jumped onto the scene, was getting the Sam Haggerty love of, oh, this dude just hit a grand slam. Oh, he's the best player on planet Earth. He needs to see everyday at-bats. I'm sorry, Eloy's a better hitter. Yeah, the defense isn't going to be there, but you're not acquiring Eloy to be a defender. You're acquiring him to be your DH. And I think that move could make a lot of sense for Seattle if it were to get done. Do you remember the trade that sent Eloy to the White Sox? Boy, you got that in your memory bank? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I don't. Do. I don't. It was Jose Quintana traded to the Cubs for Eloy Jimenez. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. After Quintana was like a Cy Young top 10. Okay. And all I remember before that trade was a video of Eloy literally hitting a baseball into a light tower. So, give me I, Eloy. Maybe he coined the phrase light tower power. Mm, yeah. Maybe. Probably not. <laughs> now, staying within the American League Central, Kent Maeda went and signed a two-year, $24 million deal with the Detroit Tigers. Joe! What does that mean for the Mariners? Absolutely nothing right now, but it does mean some interesting numbers are kind of formulating on the free agent market. So looking at SpotRack, a website that has been known to just kind of conglomerate money value for players and just kind of give a little bit of context for what a free agent could receive. Kenta Maeda was projected as a as an average annual value, if you've heard us use that before, on the market at $11 million, okay? Colton just mentioned he signed a two-year 24 million, so he got, wait, no, is that right? Two-year 24? Two-year 24 million, so he got paid 12. MLB trade rumors, when they did their free agent predictions, predicted a two-year $36 million contract. So between 18, 11 and 18, Kenta signed on the lower end there. And whether or not that is just indication of maybe the type of product that Kenta Maeda is, a very average major league pitcher a guy that will go out and get you a 100 ish era plus every year at you know 120 ish innings because he hasn't pitched over 150 innings since 2019 he's pitched 106 in 2021 for minnesota and then 104 last year in minnesota as well so if that's a product of where kentamite is at contract wise maybe trade rumors looking at those values went a little bit high on their projections and i think Look, going back and looking through them, it makes a bit of sense. They went a little high. They projected Aaron Nola to get five years, 150 million. He only got, you know, that's 30 million average. He got seven years, 172 for 24 and a half million. It was noted that he did take a discount with Philadelphia. Blake Snell, seven years, 200 million. That's 28 and like a half. If he were to get a discount with Seattle, his market value on spot rack was 23 or 24. So it's probably somewhere in between 24 and 28. So that's like kind of like the Robbie Ray contract or the Luis Castillo extension. So we could be looking at that for Blake Snell, but good for the Tigers, I think, to go out and get a veteran arm just to kind of maybe push them into a contention window 
almost. I think they still need to add a little bit more because Kenta Maeda shouldn't be like a big overall big get for the Tigers. But looking at it from our perspective, from the Mariners' perspective, and what free agency can kind of hold for Seattle, does this kind of help pave the path to Blake Snell for you? Or are you still kind of hesitant? I mean, I'm still hesitant just because I don't, I still don't necessarily see the fit. I still think you need to trade one of your young starting pitchers first before you do that. With that being said, you might want to have the safety net of signing Blake Snell first and then trading one of the pitchers. I don't know. But the amount of money that it's going to cost to sign Blake Snell when you already have so much money locked up into that starting rotation with Robbie Ray, with Marco, with Luis Castillo, I still don't know if I'm in love with it. Even if he's willing to take on the lower end, like you said, the 24, 23 and a half-ish million dollars, I, st- I just don't love it. I don't love it unless you find a way to then make lower lower money impact moves for the offense and that could be Eloy although Eloy's making 13 million or whatever it is it's more than Gino was making yeah. so this team we all know that they're not going to be willing to go out there and spend the money on the premier free agents of the like Shohei Otani's of the world signing Blake Snell based on the market that Kenta Maeda just set seems like it'd be closer to 24 23 million which I think is a good thing for the Mariners yeah not it's not like Nola. Nola didn't go out there and set that thirty million dollar mark because if Nola signed for thirty million dollars, Snell's going to get. I think Snell should get more than Nola. Yeah, and so I think that uh, the fact that Maeda signed for again a thirty five year old very league average pitcher signed for twelve million a year bodes well if the Mariners do want to end up signing Blake Snell. I still don't think there's a fit, but do you think that this I guess opens their eyes a little bit to maybe bring him in? I think it could, but I also just. We're, we're saying that Kenta Maeda set the market, which could just be completely wrong. This could just be Maeda had interest going into Detroit to, you know, as an opportunity to get innings, you know, pitch for the Tigers for whatever reason. There's a billion different things that can go into why a free agent will want to sign somewhere. And setting the market for, as we're saying, this league average 35-year-old pitcher, it might not be as indicative as we might be trying to make it out to be. But it's one of the first, you know, dominoes to fall. It's the the hot stove is simmering. We're getting warmed up. It's, you know, you got to wait a bit here to turn on. Sometimes it doesn't like click on right away. So you got to like twist the dial, you know, like you get it. So stove are you using? Don't worry about it. It's like, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Cause like for me, if it's the pitching market, that's going to be lower then obviously sign a pitcher and trade one of your young guys. If it's the entire market that may be seeing lower projections than what trade rumors had to offer, like Lourdes Gurriel, four years, 54 million. If that's lower, I think that's a no brainer. If Jung-Hoo Lee is less than five years, 50 million, that's a no freaking brainer. So if that's the market being set, then I think it bodes very well for teams in more of a mid market area. I don't want to call the Seattle Mariners a mid-market team, but they sure as hell freaking act like it, like they are. You know, I think they have the money to go spend. They just don't do it. But then again, maybe those bigger teams, like the ones that want to go spend all the money, like the Dodgers, maybe the Braves are going to be super active this offseason. The Cubs have been rumored to be willing to offer Shohei Otani a fat stack of cash. Maybe they just weren't in on Kenta Maeda, so his market was just a little bit low. So maybe the market's not even being set at all. But all signs point... That Blake Snell, if the market's being set lower, he's going to be willing to take a hometown discount to an extent. As seen all around this weekend, him raising the flag at the Hawks game, him sounding the buzzer, alarm thing, whatever, at the Apple Cup, repping UW. There have been so many signs pointing to a Blake Snell-Seattle Mariners partnership here. But did you see that Blake Snell was in Seattle? 
I, you know, I think so. I think Blake Snell might have been in Seattle, guys. I'm not entirely. What was he sure. doing? Was he talking to Jerry? If you know, if he was, it doesn't seem like the the the, the conversation would have been very productive because <laughs> nothing's done yet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I want to believe in the front office to make impact moves that will help this team get better. And I do believe that Blake Snell could be an option there. It's just the fit doesn't fully make sense. I said it on the live stream that it's the the hardest no-brainer I can think of in recent memory as far as like a free agent decision. Because, duh, Blake Snell, hometown guy, seemingly like could bring solid vibes to your team will rep your like rep your city undyingly like taylor saucedo did but yet there just seems to be so many hang-ups in this process that i just i don't know if kenta maeda signing for what spot racks value was close to at 11 million signing for 12 like if it's even worth the mariners having that conversation with blake snell for 24 million a year because it doesn't make sense for them for them from a business standpoint Mm-hmm. I think that we all went into this offseason after seeing what MLB trade rumors have projected some of these guys at, like Cody Bellinger's 12-year deal. We know that's very, very overshot. That's yeah. not going to happen. If Cody Bellinger signs a 12-year deal, I will eat Joe's shoe. Size 12, you got by a, the way. You got a pair of shoes that you don't wouldn't mind if one went missing? Yeah, I got a couple. Perfect. I'm going to put it in my mouth. So I think that is Blake Snell going to get $28.5 or whatever it was he was projected? I don't think so. But for the Mariners, at what point are you? do you bow out of the conversation with Blake Snell? Is it when it gets to 24, are you out at that point? Yeah. And I think that they should be because they need to spend that money elsewhere. With that being said, they probably aren't going to. So at that point, spend the money on Blake Snell. I could care less. Like, I just want to see him spend. And whether that be on Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Jung-Hoo Lee or Blake Snell or what have you, I don't care. But just go out and spend the money. And if that means you got to give Blake Snell $28.5 million because you either that or you were going to put that money in Stanton's pocket, then go sign five Blake Snells for all I care. does not matter to me. I don't think cloning is a thing yet, but not if yet, it was. No. And so the Mariners, like we talked about with Eloy, going out and making a trade for a controllable-ish guy like Eloy who isn't necessarily the greatest fit in the world, but he is right-handed like the Mariners want. Mm-hmm. I think that it makes more sense to spend that money in those on those kind of routes like paying 13 million dollars 13 million dollars a year to Eloy than it does to spend 25 whatever on Blake Snell it just makes more sense to spend it on bats but if that avenue isn't there then go spend it on pitching and make the pitching even better and then use your controllable starting pitching to go out there and address the problems that you have in your lineup yeah I mean the the big free agent signing happened yesterday with Ron Hell Ravello ravioli as a lot of people have been calling him yeah it's just like if, if that's the kind of moves that we're seeing and obviously it's super early in the offseason there's no way shape or form that a minor league contract with a spring training invite this is a colin moran signing from last year and we saw some other noteworthy moves happen for this team in 2023's offseason that didn't point any signs that you know Colin Moran had a great chance to see major league innings next year or in in, in the in the following year. So Ravello could be nothing. He's a first base outfielder. He mashed in AAA last year for the Padres. So like it's just you you have no idea what you're gonna get out of him. But you know what the free agent market looks like. You know what those guys can bring to you. You're talking about bringing Eloy with a 
probably like a 110 OPS plus ish range if I had to project it. There's money to be spent and I'm not losing hope quite yet, but I I can understand the the complacency where we're starting to get tired of some of these moves that don't seemingly put us any better in, in a better direction going to next year when we've subtracted from the major league roster in more ways than one, I would say, so far in this offseason. The timing, I think, is what really does it for me. It's like, let's say the Mariners go out and sign Blake Snell, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., and trade for Eloy. Let's say they do those three things, and then and then you trade Eugenio? Okay, like, yeah. that that move doesn't sting nearly as much. But it it feels way too much like they're just dismantling the team piece by piece without adding anything on top of it. Sure, you added Luis Arias. Woo! Like... I, I don't care. Like, that is not a big enough addition to make the sting of losing a Eugenio any less. And you traded Isaiah Campbell for him. Like, okay, cool. Basically, you lost two guys off your major league roster for a guy who very well might be sent down to the minor leagues in Urias. Two guys who probably should be free agents as it is in Sevi Zavala and Carlos Vargas. And then you sign Ron Hell Ravello. It, it's the timing. It really is. Because, again, if these moves happened in January where other moves have already been made, nobody cares. But because it's at the beginning-ish of the offseason, here we sit on November 27th, and those are the only moves the Mariners have made, yeah, people have a right to be upset. I don't blame them. I mean, I, I'm i upset with the moves too, but there's still so much offseason left for, as uh, as Joe Doyle would say, the cake to be fully cooked or whatever it is. Yeah. The frosting on the cake. Uh-huh. That I'm still optimistic for this offseason because what other choice do I have? I, I, I could either sit here and complain and whine that the Mariners aren't going to do anything all offseason when I have no reason to believe they won't, but or I could be hopeful they do do something, and if they don't do something, then I can be mad then, and it, when we get to March and April, then I can be mad. Yeah. But I have I have a hard time being super mad right now when we don't know what else that front office is cooking up. And to be fair, they cook up stinkers sometimes. Last offseason, they cooked up a stinker. We didn't know it. No, we we, but we, we, didn't. we I think we we kind of celebrated a little too early on some of the moves last offseason because they seemed to fit well. And mm-hmm. I think that is definitely playing a huge role in the frustrations, along with the public comments from front office and everything that we've already heard. It's just last year offseason, bad. Very, very poor results. You don't want that to happen again this season going into next year. Luis Urias, do I feel like he could be a better hitter than Colton Wong? Maybe. Is there a guarantee of that? No, not at all. Not one bit. But like we're saying, Kenta Maeda signed, Reynaldo Lopez has signed. There have been guys that have signed, so is there some sort of hang-up with the Mariners specifically? Are other teams just waiting for winter meetings? We don't really know. And that, I think, the big unknown is part of the problem as well. It's just perpetuating this level of frustration. Like, because we see some moves happening, we're waiting for it to kind of kick into full gear. But once those winter meetings happen, I think it's just going to be an all-out war. And I could be wrong. By the end of you you guys are hearing this, Kenta Maeda has signed. Maybe four or five more free agents have just, like, rolled off the board by the time you're hearing this because they start to see the market moving. Again, it's just... I'm I with you, Colton, am hopeful that they will sign because they've got such a big hole in the infield right now at either third or second. Someone needs to fill that void. And I don't know, like, could it be in a trade for Jake Cronenworth or could it be signing Heimer Condelario? I'm not sure. Today is November 27th. Today was the day that Joe predicted the Mariners would make their first big move. Obviously, they already did that with Eugenio Suarez. 
But Joe, are you saying that Jake Cronenworth is going to be that first big move today? It's it's very possible. And according, and according to our guys over at Locked On, they think it's possible as well. Make sure you go watch that video. It's on the screen now. We appreciate you guys watching episode 38 of the Hit It Here podcast presented by Bet Online and Go Mariners.